السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام على إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وقرة أعيننا ونور قلوبنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله الأطهار وأصحابه الأخيار ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله تقوى الله الذي لا يقبل غيرها ولا يرحم إلا أهلها ولا يثيب إلا عليها وأحسن يرحمكم الله إن رحمة الله قريب من المحسنين All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The all-knowing, the all-wise, the most merciful The one who sent his most beloved sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam As our final prophet and messenger the one who came to us as a mercy to all the worlds, as a mercy to all of creation, and who took us out of the depths of darkness into the light, and who guided us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's good pleasure, and showed us the way to success in this life and the hereafter, and took us from the constriction of the dunya into the expansiveness of the life of this world and the next. Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. We bear witness that there is nothing worthy of worship except Allah. And we bear witness that our beloved and noble Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam is his final prophet and messenger. My beloved elders, brothers and sisters, I remind myself and all of you to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for it is the means of salvation, and it is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala compensates us for in the akhirah, and it is the uh, currency, it is the means by which we reach nearness to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that we should have excellence in our taqwa, we should have excellence in our mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Allah says, His mercy is close and near at hand to the, those who act with excellence. Imam al-Ghazali, radiallahu anhu, he really reflects on the blessing of prophetic guidance, on the blessings of the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And he mentions that in addition to reflecting on the verses of the Qur'an as a means of uh, attaining higher degrees of certitude, as Shaykh Yahya mentioned last week, that another of the means uh, for attaining higher degrees of certitude is reflecting on the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And Imam al-Ghazali says, وَكَذَلِكَ مُطَالَعَةُ أَخْبَارِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَإِنَّهُ قَدْ أُوْتِيَ جَوَامِعَ الْكَلِمْ 
وكل كلمة من كلامه بحر من بحور الحكمة لو تأملها العالم حق التأمل لم ينقطع فيها نظره طول عمره Imam al-Ghazali says, likewise, reading the narrations of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for he was given jawami'il kalim, he was given comprehensive speech. One of the miracles of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam is that he could say in a few words, oceans of meaning, as Imam al-Ghazali is about to say. Every word, every single word, every word of his speech is an ocean from the oceans of wisdom. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's speech is uncreated. The Qur'an is uncreated. And uh, uh, it is attributed, it has the attribution of the one whose words it is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, absolute, absolutely perfect and endless. And as it comes to the words of creation, the best of creation, his speech is the best of speech is the best of created speech, salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. So every word of his speech is an ocean from the oceans of wisdom. If a scholar contemplated it as it rightly deserves, he would continue studying it for the rest of his life. That if he wanted to study even one hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it would require... The, the entire duration of his life and there would still be wisdom that he has not yet uh, accessed and attained. And the ulama, the scholars who are the guardians of this ummah, who are the protectors and the inheritors of the ummah of the Prophet wasallam, they preserve these endless oceans of knowledge for us. And the, the oceans of revelation of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the words of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam, they're not easy to plunge. It is not easy for someone to go to the depths of the ocean, especially when there is no end to the depths, and to come back and uh, be able to survive that. So what did the ulama do? They actually would plunge to the depths of the ocean, and they would get these pearls and treasures, and they would bring it back for you and I to be able to benefit from and to make it easily accessible for us. And Imam Abu Dawood, he said, I wrote down 500,000 hadiths from Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, I wrote down 500,000, 4,000 of which were firmly established, thabit. Of the 500,000, 4,000 were sahih, they were thabit. And he said, and of those 4,000, they all stem back to four ahadith. They all come back to four hadiths from the words of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And in some narrations, five, or actually the fourth, there are different narrations that he uh, mentions two different ahadith. So inshallah, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills and we ask for his support and assistance, we will cover these five ahadith over the course of these khutbas over time. Bi'awnillahi ta'ala. The, the four or five ahadith are... Actions are according to intentions. And the other hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ says, it is from the excellence of a person's Islam that he leaves that which does not concern him. And the third hadith is, the halal is clear and the haram is clear. The fourth hadith is, a person only attains true belief 
when he is pleased with his brother receiving what he is pleased with for himself. And the final hadith, which some uh, narrations indicate that he would mention this as the fourth, and in others, the, the one that was previously mentioned, izhad fid dunya, detach from the dunya, and Allah will love you. So inshallah, we will try to cover these five ahadith bi'awnillahi ta'ala. The first of which is an Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu yaqul, sami'tu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul, innama al-a'malu bin-niyyat. وَإِنَّمَا لِكُلِّ مْرِئٍ مَا نَوَى فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ إِمْرَأَةٍ يَنْكِحُهَا فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى مَا هَاجَرَ إِلَيْهِ رواه البخاري ومسلم That this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam that actions are according to intentions. Or you could translate it, actions are based on or judged according to intentions. And every person will have that which he intended. So whoever's hijrah was to Allah and his messenger, his hijrah was to Allah and his messenger. And whoever's hijrah was in order to attain some worldly benefit or to marry a woman, then that person's hijrah was for whatever they migrated for. This is narrated by Al-Bukhari and muslim And scholars have said that this hadith, which we often hear, and Imam Al-Bukhari begins his sahih with it, Imam Al-Nawawi begins the 40 hadith Nawawiyah, and many of the great scholars would begin their books with this hadith. Scholars have said that this hadith covers one-third of the religion. That it covers one-third of the religion because a servant acquires nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through their heart, tongue, and limbs. Your path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is through your heart, your tongue, and your limbs. And the intention, al-a'malu bin-niyyat, this hadith that focuses on the intention, takes place in the heart. It's one of the actions of the heart. So it is one of the three areas of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in reality, since it places the heart, this is the king. This is the primary area. It is the most important of the three. And it impacts the tongue and the limbs. And it is the abode of taqwa. As the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam indicated when he said, pointing to the fountainhead and the source of taqwa, his blessed heart sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Imam al-Shafi'i radiyallahu anhu commenting on this hadith, he said this hadith, is applicable to 70 chapters of fiqh. It applies to 70 chapters, not 70 rulings, 70 distinct chapters of the sharia and of our sacred law. So the scholars comment on this hadith and they say that actions are based on and judged by Allah according to the intention. So the intention is what defines the action, not the other way around. Sometimes people just act in a particular way that they'll do things on autopilot and then they might think about, why did I do that? Oh, inshallah, it was for something good. I took my kids to the park and then afterwards I'll intend that it was to spend time with them and to care for them and to cultivate good character within them. It actually has to precede the action because it defines the action. 
especially acts of worship. The ulama say that this is especially uh, uh, an obligation. This is necessary for acts of worship that they are not accepted without the proper intention. So if you really think about it, the starting point of our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the starting point of our journey to attain nearness to Him starts with the intention, starts with the heart, and then everything else follows. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam says, and each person receives what he intended. And every person receives what he intended, not what he physically did. The Prophet didn't say, and every person receives what he did. No, he said, That everyone will receive according to the state of their heart. Which is why one of the great salihin can be praying. And a regular believer of the generality of people might be praying next to him. It looks exactly the same, but they're going to receive different rewards based on the state of the heart. The degree of sincerity, the degree of tawheed and witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that salah. It's not just written that you did a salah, but it's written the state of your heart in that particular act. And Imam al-Haddad said regarding the hadith, Niyatul mu'min khayrun min amalih, that a believer's intention is better than his action. He says this is because the actions of the heart, which is the intention, are greater, ablagh, are greater than the actions of the limbs. That they have a greater impact than the actions of the limbs because one might receive reward for an intention even if it is not connected to an action, but not the other way around. If someone acts and does something without an intention, it's empty. And it, as it relates to the haram, it's haram. The intention doesn't somehow make it less haram. That's absolutely clear. But as it relates to example, something that's permissible or something that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but one doesn't have an intention in that act. But the other way around is true. If someone says, I intend to feed people, I intend, as Imam al-Ghazali mentions the story of a man from one of the previous generations, that they were experiencing a drought and that there was a shortage of food. And he looked at these sand dunes, these hills, and he said, Oh Allah, if I had all of those in, in uh, barley or in food, I would distribute it to everyone. I would give it all out so people could eat. And Allah revealed to the Prophet of that people, tell the man that his charity was accepted. Because he meant it in his heart. But if someone gives out all of that in charity, and all they're looking for is praise, and oh, this person is so generous, look at what they did, they get nothing. That's not for Allah. And in reality, the opposite could be true. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى So it goes back to Every person gets what they uh, intended. And speaking of Imam al-Haddad, a man came to him, he said, I want to build a masjid. I want to build one of the houses of Allah, which is obviously an extremely noble undertaking. And Imam al-Haddad, he had basira. And he is one of the, the, the shiyukh who helps people purify their hearts. So he said to the man, if you build this masjid and you pay for it, you do all of these good things. And then at a later time, would you be content? Would you be completely okay in your heart 
if it was said to the people that someone else built the masjid. So and so is the one who paid for built. MashaAllah, Jazakallah, Kul Khair. Would you be okay with that? And the man said, honestly, no, I wouldn't. He said, then don't build the masjid. Someone would say, no, but it's a good act. Everyone gets what they intended. Your intention is for people to praise you and to attribute the masjid to you. And if it was for Allah, you wouldn't care what anyone says. You wouldn't care if they attributed it to you or, or even ridiculed you. If Allah accepts it, if Allah is pleased with it, if it is one of those things that you are going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with, then the state of the heart is very different. So, The hadith goes on and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Look at the words. He didn't say, وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِأَجْلِ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ مَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ So whoever's hijrah was to Allah and his messenger, indicating that it's also a journey of the heart. It's a spiritual journey. That the journey from Mecca to Medina that the Sahaba made, radiallahu anhum ajma'een, is also a spiritual journey. That they are translating the state of their heart into their actions and that they are ready and willing to give everything for Allah. So hijrah here, linguistically, it means to leave something. And according to the sharia in the general sense, it means leaving something which is forbidden. المهاجر من هجر ما نهى الله عنه as the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that a person who was a, my, uh, uh, migrates migrates from that which Allah has forbidden away from that but this hadith is speaking specifically about those who migrated from Mecca to Medina that the muhajireen they loved Mecca al-Mukarramah the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself loved Mecca al-Mukarramah but they were willing to leave everything behind their belongings, their property, uh, everything they were familiar with in order to establish this deen, in order to go where the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes, to be with him no matter what the worldly cost, to be with him sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, وَاللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَحَقُّ أَنْ يُرْضُوهُ إِنْ كَانُوا مُؤْمِنِينَ and Allah and His Messenger, are. it is more fitting for them to please Allah and His Messenger if they are true believers. So this is an indication that this journey, this physical journey to Allah and His Messenger is to Allah's good pleasure and following in the footsteps of His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. And there is so much to say about the hadith, but we'll try to keep it brief and concise. Imam al-Munawi talks about some of the beautiful lata'if and the isharat in this hadith. In his book, Dalil al-Falihin, he says, the people of indications among the knowers of, of Allah, the arifin, said that actions are according to intentions. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ is related to what settles in the hearts from the lights of the unseen. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cast light into people's hearts. And according to one's degree, and we should seek. This means that we seek it. It's not something passive, but that the greatest sign that we've received it is that we're seeking it, is that we seek it out, the lights of the unseen. And the intention 
is making one's concern to act only for the one who is sought. The intention is to act, is to make one's concern to act only for the one who is sought, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He continues and says, the intention of the generality of people is to receive reward while they often forget the divine favor. They, re- they forget where it comes from. They just want reward. They want paradise. The intention of the ignorant is to protect themselves from the evil decree and from calamities. They worship Allah just so something bad doesn't happen. That's a very low degree of understanding. The intention of the hypocrites is to adorn themselves with Allah and with the people. In other words, to appear good. I just want to look good. I'll look like they look and get in with the in crowd and that's about it. Those are the hypocrites. The intention of scholars is to establish obedience out of reverence for the one who commanded these acts of obedience. He goes on. There's higher degrees. The intention of the people of tasawwuf, of the spiritual path, is to leave their relying on their acts of obedience. In other words, only relying on Allah, that they establish the acts of obedience. But they don't think that this is what's going to save me. Allah is going to save me. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, none of you will enter paradise by your deeds. They said, not even you, O Messenger of Allah, and there is no one who has deeds like him sallallahu alayhi wa He said, even me. Unless Allah immerses me in his mercy, salawat rabbi wa salamuhu alayhi. Continuing, he says, the intention, the intention of the people of haqiqah, of realization, is to witness Allah's lordship which then translates into their complete servitude to him. So, Your actions are going to stem from whatever degree of intention you have. And every person receives what he intended. And Imam al-Munawi continues and he says, Of sa'adah, a person will receive whatever degree of sa'adah, of felicity they are seeking. And he says, and it is attaining ma'rifah, it is attaining gnosis of tawheed, attaining knowledge, obedience, praiseworthy character, and being pulled towards Allah and being annihilated from ananiyah, me, 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 me. That you're so close to Allah that you see how insignificant you are and then you don't even see how insignificant you are. You're so insignificant you don't even see it anymore. That you're annihilated from ananiyah, and then you are uh, 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 sustained by his huwa-ness. By that Allah is huwa, hu, jalla jalaluh. That you are sustained completely and entirely by him, jalla jalaluh. And then to Allah and his messenger, we mentioned that. That this is to Allah's good pleasure and following in the footsteps of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Imam al-Munawi says, then the hijrah is from the darkness of being confined to creation into the light of nearness and witnessing the creator, al-ma'bud, subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-maqsud, al-mawjud, al-wajib, al-wujud, wal-mashhud, jalla jalalu. Wallahu yaqulu wa qawluhu al-haqq al-mubin. وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَمِعُوا لَهُ وَأَنصِتُوا لَعَلَّكُمْ تُرْحَمُونَ وقال تبارك وتعالى فإذا قرأت القرآن فاستعذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم 
أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم من كان يريد العاجلة عجلنا له فيها ما نشاء لمن نريد ثم جعلنا له جهنم يصلاها مذموما مدحورا ومن أراد الآخرة وسعى لها سعيها وهو مؤمن فأولئك كان سعيهم مشكورا كلا نمد هؤلاء وهؤلاء من عطاء ربك وما كان عطاء ربك محظورا انظر كيف فضلنا بعضهم على بعض وللآخرة أكبر درجات وأكبر تفضيلا الله سبحانه وتعالى says whoever desires this fleeting world alone and desire is in the heart where is your heart oriented whoever desires this fleeting world alone we hasten in it whatever we please to whomever we will then we destine them for hell where they will burn condemned and rejected but whoever desires the hereafter and strives for it accordingly and is a true believer it is they whose striving will be appreciated we will we provide both the former and the latter from the bounty of your Lord, and the bounty of your Lord can never be withheld. See how we favored some over others in this life. But the hereafter is certainly far greater in rank and in favor. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Azim wa nafa'na bima fihi man al-ayat wa al-dhikr al-hakim wa ajarana man khizihi wa adabihi al-alim aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah al-Azim li wa lakum wa li sa'ir al-Muslimin fa-astaghfiruh innahu huwa al-Ghafur al-Rahim إن الحمد لله حمدا يليق بجلال وجهه وعظيم سلطانه ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فيا عباد الله إني أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله لا إله إلا الله So we are just really witnessing a glimpse of the meanings of the oceans of wisdom and knowledge that are found in the words of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and the realities that exist therein. But these, this hadith is one of the five ahadith that the ulama have really uh, uh, indicated and said that everything else stems out from these meanings. And if we look just very briefly in conclusion, the hadith calls us to attain the highest levels. The Prophet ﷺ is really trying to inspire us to attain the highest levels with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when he said that al-a'malu bin-niyat, when he tells us that actions are judged according to intentions, he could have mentioned any action. He could have said sadaqah, he could have said fasting, he could have said smiling in the face of your brother, he could have said anything sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But he mentioned an extremely distinct and momentous act of worship, which was the hijrah. And in addition to that, he said hijrah to Allah and his messenger. 
which calls us, because there's no hijrah after the conquest of Mecca. We're not going to migrate from Mecca to Medina. But the Prophet ﷺ is telling us to aspire to achieve great things. That even though the hijrah might not be accessible to us in this day and age, that we should aspire to be people who achieve great acts of worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the hadith also teaches us to be ready to serve this deen and to be ready to sacrifice, to leave our homes and our comforts in service of this deen and in spreading the light of guidance to others. And lastly, it shows us that a person's true value with Allah is based on their goals, is based on their aims, is based on the qibla of your heart, the orientation of your heart, if it, which is the intention. And ultimately, there is no true goal and there is nothing greater that one can seek other than being close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and following the way of his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa akthiru min al-salati wa salami ala al-bashir al-nadhir wa siraj al-munir sayyidina Muhammad. Fa inna Allah amarakum bi amrin bada'a fihi bi nafsih. Wa thanna bil malaikatin musabihati bi qudsih. Wa ayaha bil mu'minina ta'mima. Faqala mukhbiran wa amiran lahum takrima. إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا المصطفى محمد وعلى الخليفة من بعده المختار وصاحبه وأنيسه في الغار مؤازر رسول الله في حالي الساعة والضيق خليفة رسول الله سيدنا أبي بكر الصديق رضي الله عنه وعلى من نشر العدل في الآفاق فاشتهر الذي رفع الله له القدر فيما أنزل على خير البشر حليف المحراب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه وعلى الناصح لله في السر والإعلان من استحيت منه ملائكة الرحمن محيي ليالي بتلاوة القرآن ذو النورين أمير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان رضي الله عنه وعلى أخ النبي المصطفى وابن عمه ووليه وباب مدينة علمه إمام أهل المشارق والمغارب أمير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن أبي طالب رضي الله عنه وعلى الحسن والحسين سيدي شباب أهل الجنة في الجنة وريحانة نبيك بنص السنة وعلى أمهما الحوراء فاطمة البتول الزهراء وعلى خديجة الكبرى وعائشة الرضا وأمهات المؤمنين وعلى الحمزة والعباس وسائر أهل بيت نبيك الذي طهرتهم من الدنس والأرجاس وعلى أهل بدر وأهل أحد وأهل بيعة الرضوان وعلى سائر الصحب الأكرمين ومن تبعهم بإحسان وهدى إلى يوم الدين وعلينا معهم وفيهم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا فيما قامنا هذا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا مريضا إلا شفيته ولا حاجة من حوائج الدنيا والآخرة إلا قضيتها يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار 
ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين برحمتك وفضلك يا أرحم الراحمين ويا أكرم الأكرمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين عباد الله إن الله أمر بثلاث ونهى عن ثلاث إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر